going on, guys? It's your boy Mixmaster B here live from the MMB Radio studios for the MMB Radio podcast where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all, and I'm really excited to share this next interview with you. It's an interview I did many years ago. I wasn't even sure of the dating until I actually looked at the CD and saw that it said 2004. So we're talking around 2004 at the University of Pennsylvania. I got to speak with John Legend. He's a multi-time Grammy Award winner. He's uh, the executive producer of a new film called Southside with You that's going to be coming out real soon. But before all that, he was just John Stevens. John had recently signed a new recording deal and was now going by the name of John Legend. However, the legend of John Legend was only beginning. I had a rare opportunity in my early stages of doing radio at WDBK and eventually leading into podcasting to sit down and speak with John about the new album and even touch a little bit about politics, something I knew he was passionate about, but honestly, I did not even know how passionate until he started talking. And how it all kind of came about was we, uh, we used to get CDs sent to us all the time at the radio station, and uh, a lot of times we, we honestly did not get a chance to listen to everything. And when you're doing college radio, a lot of people just send you music on end and you're just sitting there and we had people there who literally had to listen to the music every day all day and decide what category what genre what dj on air was you know suited for listening and playing certain types of music so we had this one cd and it was an r&b cd and it was this really cool mellow flow by a guy named john stevens and uh, apparently the cd had been sitting there for a couple months and little did i know that in those couple months, John Legend would eventually be leaving that record label. And uh, I didn't know any of this, and nobody knew who John Legend was at the time. The guy wasn't, you know, wasn't even on the map of success that he is today. So I went ahead and I reached out to the record label on the back of that CD. And a lady at the time that was working for the label said, well, he's no longer working, or he's no longer signed to our, our record label. It was a small independent label. Um, she said, but I can tell you he has been signed with uh, Columbia and uh, Good Music, a new imprint label that you know Kanye West had started up. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I figured everybody at the time kind of knew who Kanye was, and he's not the Kanye that we all know today either. But still, I figured this is a long shot. We're probably not going to get a chance to talk to him. It was, it's which was really uh, unfortunate because I thought the guy had a really good sound and. The whole point of college radio is to kind of get your name out there and break into new audiences. So I went ahead and I did reach out to Columbia Records. And lo and behold, they actually got back to me after leaving a couple messages with them. And then I found out that he was going to be performing at the University of Pennsylvania, which, again, I didn't know much about John at the time. But apparently he was he had gone to school there. So he's a graduate from UPenn and he was going back to do a a um, like an unplugged setting to uh, kind of just break in his new album and kind of just give back to the uh, university. So we set it all up. We met up somewhere. I don't even remember the name of the hotel that we met up at, but we met in the lobby of the hotel. Um, I had this little, like, uh, disc recorder with me. It wasn't even anything state-of-the-art. It was just some, you know, throwaway recorder that we had at the studio. And uh, we sat down and we talked. And we just uh, just kind of kicked it for a little bit. And then afterwards, we got to... Uh, watch his live performance and it was so awesome it was like in a uh, in like one of the little um auditoriums there at the university of pennsylvania and it was a uh, just him and a piano just doing his thing and uh 
it was crazy because now in retrospect, you look at it, the guy is not him personally, but you're paying top dollar to go see him perform. And at the time then it was like $5 for a student with a student ID to, you know, sit there and just kind of jam out with him. So it was a real um, rare opportunity to uh, be able to sit down and talk to him and watch him perform live. And uh, I wish at the time that I kind of knew that he was going to be, this big superstar, you know, tribes have gotten video and this is way before, you know, people were doing anything with any social medias. I mean, I think the only social media at the time was maybe MySpace at the time. So there wasn't a lot of people that were, you know, live, uh, interacting that, you know, John Legend's here, you know, and even if they were, nobody really knew who he was at the time. Um, other than it was this guy, John Stevens, that had been a student there and now is coming back and is playing music. So, um, it's as rare, not edited. It's just total, just me and him talking. So it's not, it's not polished. It's not anything that, uh, that I've done, you know, recently. I mean, we're talking 2004. So this is quite a while ago, you know, 12 years ago. And, um, so yeah, so take a listen. Let me know what you think. It's, uh, one of the first major interviews that I got to do, um, with anyone. And, um, yeah, so take a listen. Let me know what you think. Listen back through this. All right. All right. One, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. John Legend. Hey. All right. Ready to go. All right. How's it going? It's your boy, Mixmaster B. We are here with the legendary. I say legendary because 10 years from now, not even 10 years from now, a month from now, a week from now, next week, today, you're going to be hearing a lot about this guy, the one, the only, John Legend. What up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you for you know taking the time to talk to us today. It's a gracious honor. Um, been following you for a little bit now. Um, had another person come in here do an interview, and uh, haven't followed you as much as closely as she has. But uh, <laughs> which I'm a little sorry to say that. But you know, I've been catching a lot of your stuff now. I've been checking out the website, and uh, your sound is really it's inspirational. It's a different sound that I haven't heard from a lot of other artists. So it's something different and new. But uh, I was wondering. Uh, what were some of your musical influences growing up? Like, some, who were some of the people that inspired you to want to be where you are today? Well, growing up, I grew up in church, and a lot of the music I listened to, I wasn't even allowed to really listen to secular music that much as a kid. I had a very kind of religious household I grew up in, so I listened to a lot of gospel music growing up, from like the Winans to Commission to John P. Key to Shirley Hawkins to uh, excuse me Shirley Caesar to Edwin Hawkins. Um, uh, people who, if you didn't grow up in church, you don't really know who they are. But for people who did grow up in like a black church, you really know all those artists, and they were like a big part of you growing up. And so for me, like that was my first music that I grew up on. And my grandmother, she was an organist at my church. My mother was the choir director, so I grew up steeped into that tradition. And so I think my music is actually very heavily rooted in that stuff because of all the background I had in that. So early on, those were my big influences, and then later. I think people hear it a lot. They'll hear a lot of Stevie Wonder in my music, a lot of Donny Hathaway, Al Green, Curtis Mayfield, um, those kinds of artists, um, people who did kind of great kind of 60s and 70s soul music. Um, that's some of the kind of the glory days, Marvin Gaye uh, of soul music, um, Motown music like The Temptations and stuff like that. All that stuff I think you'll really hear in my music. Um, I use a lot of kind of doo-wop type harmonies and things like that, uh, arrangements that kind of evoke that old school soul music. That's how I got my nickname in the first place, people that – heard me would always kind of hear that kind of old school vibe when they heard me sing and uh, thought I might sound like I came from another era and so I kind of got that nickname John Legend from that but 
you know, all those things kind of combined. And then I grew up, you know, in the hip-hop generation. So, like, kind of all those things together, hip-hop, soul, gospel, they kind of comprise the musical sound of, of what my album is. Definitely. A lot of those artists that you mentioned, Stevie Wonder, when I first listened to it, that's the one thing that just came to me. I'm like, it's like Stevie reincarnated. Well, not that he's gone or anything, but it was just like, you know, a new sound with a new flavor, but it was like that old sound as well. And that was something that I really uh, enjoyed and liked. Um, you mentioned hip-hop. Now, a lot of the music that I spin on my show is hip-hop and everything. Is there any hip-hop artists that influenced you as um, growing up? I know you say you didn't get to listen to a lot of them, but is there any that, you know, recently that really impressed you? I mean, as I got a little older, people like Tribe and The Roots, uh, I was into that stuff. Um, but more recently, like, I, I kind of almost like mainstream stuff a lot, like like a Jay-Z or a Biggie, um, people like that who were very gifted at making popular, good hip-hop. Um, it's not kind of the underground kind of backpack stuff we're kind of, our kind of campus kind of associated with. I like those guys too, like the most defs and the commons of the world. But I, I love people like Jay-Z and Biggie who are just like able to like capture everyone's imagination and attention with how witty and and fun and and cool their lyrics were over great beats and all that stuff and so you know um those are the kind of the hip-hop artists i like a lot now um and kanye i'm very biased but i'm a big fan of his music yeah i'm a big fan of his music and um and so i just like people that write good songs that are witty and interesting i think hip-hop is supposed to be witty it's supposed to like you talk about the same stuff, but you talk about it in a cooler way, in a catchier way than anybody else does. And those are, I think, the best artists, and they do it over good beats. The best artists are able to do that. Now, you mentioned The Roots, uh, another Philly act here. Um, have you ever, other than Kanye West, would you ever consider doing a song with uh, a hip-hop artist? Or is there any plans in the near future that you would be doing something with a hip-hop artist? Well, I did tracks already with Slum Village. I mean, all, all that stuff was kind of through Kanye, but I work with Slum Village. I just did a song, um, I've done stuff with Dilated Peoples, with a bunch of artists actually, um, and then, but most of that was actually through Kanye, um, through his production, but um, I'm doing a song with this artist named Bump J, who's uh, out, of Chicago, out of Chicago, and uh, very talented, he's got some great tracks, and a few of them with Kanye, but actually the song we wrote together um, was by another producer from Chicago, I'm not even sure what his name is, but uh, we called, I did a song called You and I. Um, it's kind of like his uh, kind of love song to his girl on the album, and um, I think he's really cool. And I think his uh, album's gonna be go go really well. Um, I did uh, a song with this British rapper named Estelle. Um, she's really cool. Uh, she kind of reminds you of Lauren Hill a little bit. Um, I did a song with her on her album that's coming out in the UK uh, around the same time mine's coming out. Like I think the week before mine comes out. Um, and so she's really cool. And I, I work with a lot of hip-hop artists. Cause a lot of artists, you know, they need a singer on their song for some reason or another. And I feel like my sensibility goes well with hip-hop because like, even though I bring that old-school soul vibe, I also love hip-hop and I understand how hip-hop is supposed to feel and supposed to sound since I've been around such a great amount of good hip-hop. Um, so I think a lot of artists like working with me for that. But I don't want to be on everybody's hooks and, you know, oversaturate. But it is cool to collaborate with good artists, you know, sometimes. Now, do you think just, like, singing a hook, like, some people consider that almost, like, selling out? Do you take, like, offense at when an artist asks you to sing a hook, or do you take that as a compliment? Oh, it's a compliment. That means out of all the singers in the world, they would prefer me to sing on their record. That sounds like a compliment to me. Um, <laughs> um, so it's cool. And as long as the music's good, then I'm cool with it. But if I don't like the song, then, like, I, I worked with one artist where he's really famous, and 
the song we did didn't sound like like I was the right person for it. And so at the end of the day, I was like, you know, I think you should use somebody else for it because I don't think I made the song as hot as I want to be known for making songs. And so I think every collaboration isn't the right collaboration. But if it is, then it's cool to do it because it gives you more exposure as an artist sometimes. And it depends on the timing. Like, um, I think Anthony Hamilton, for instance, is doing it right where he's doing it kind of while he's still trying to get people to pay attention to his album. He's like, you know, working with other artists. Um, and people are starting to get to know him more and more through his collaborations with other people. So it's a good kind of introduction to you as an artist if your singles aren't playing a lot right now. Now, it's known that you worked with Kanye West and everything. Can you just give us a quick like rundown how you two actually came about? And I mean, personally, I know how it came about, but let our listeners know. How did it come about that you run, ran into Kanye? Uh, it was an introduction made by his cousin, um, his cousin's name is Devon Harris. He went to UPenn with me, and we were roommates in New York as well when, when we both moved to New York. And um, Devon and Kanye are cousins. Kanye moved out to New York um, in 2001, and we had already been there for a year, and uh, they hooked up when uh, he moved out there. And uh, Devon decided to hook me and Kanye up. And um, he thought, you know, Kanye's a good producer, even though he wasn't known as a big producer yet. Uh, this is before the Blueprint came out, and and before all of his great production work came out, and way before his album came out, um, he was still working on a demo as an artist, um, trying to get Rockefeller or whoever to sign him. If you heard Last Call, like that story was happening, you know, he was going through that time period where he was trying to get his music out there as well as an artist. So he was having me sing hooks on those early demos that ended up becoming a college dropout. And then he was giving me beats so I could write to for my, um, for my demo, uh, which basically is morphed into what my album is now. Uh, and so, you know, we both started working together and we um, really hit it off as artists. Um, we, um, I think we both love hip-hop, we both love soul music, we both love gospel music, and we both bring that to bear when we make songs. We try to make songs with feeling that have like a spiritual side to them as well, but also are fun and, and, and can be commercial as well. And so I think we are kind of kindred spirits in that sense, and so we both push each other as well because we both have really high standards for what we want music to be. And uh, we both love the greats and love, you know, and we want our stuff to measure up against the classics. And so um, because we're both that way, I think we work really well together. And uh, it's been a very good relationship. Eventually, he signed me to his production company, which gave him kind of more incentive to really push me out there as an artist and get me collaborations with all those older people you heard me collaborating with, like singing, What the Hell Are You Waiting For? with Jay-Z singing the backgrounds for Alicia Keys singing on Slum Village is Selfish. Um, all those other tracks you've heard me on, um, I think that's because of you know me signing to his production company and him really wanting to um, push me out there as an artist and get me exposure. And I feel like it really paid off because as he blew up, it made it more likely that I was able to do the same. Um, on the Kanye West um, subject right now, recently I read in articles um, he's been nominated for a Gospel Album of the Year or a Rap Gospel. And uh, a lot of people were in protest of that because he was being nominated for Jesus Walks. A lot of people were in a protest because of that because they felt that the rest of the CD wasn't heading in that right direction. What is your take on that? Do you feel like that they're, I mean, is that okay for them to feel that way? Or is it, you know, or did, should they, are they overjudging the rest of the material? I don't think they're, all they're doing, I, I can see both sides of it because there are elements of his album that are very kind of message driven kind of um, similar to what a gospel rapper would do, like a Jesus Walks, even like a Never Let Me Down, 
uh, and some of the songs are definitely very inspirational. So you could definitely make an argument that some of the songs are like are either gospel rap or something very close to gospel rap. Um, even though he does it in a fun, more accessible, popular way, which is the cool thing I think about it. But he also makes songs that y- you better not be singing in church, um, like workout plan, like you know, you know, some things he says in school spirit or whatever. Like there are certain songs that clearly are not gospel songs, and that anyone who goes to church probably wouldn't exactly condone them. It doesn't make them bad songs; it just makes them songs that aren't gospel songs. And so, I think. Since there are those songs on there, you could see why somebody would say, well, this album isn't thoroughly a gospel album. Like, Jesus Walks, you could say, is thoroughly a gospel song. Um, But the album, College Dropout, isn't thoroughly a a gospel album. And so in that sense, you could see why they wouldn't want to nominate the whole album for gospel album of the year. Uh, But gospel song of the year, I challenge you to find a better gospel song than Jesus Walks. Um, And... um, I think some people get hung up with the cursing, which I don't even have a problem with um, the cursing side of things. And I think it's just he's just speaking in the language that we speak as young people, and he's relating to the young people that listen to his records. Um, but I can, I mean, I can see both sides of the argument, and you know, it's up to them. It's, it's, when you give an award, it's your decision whether or not you think someone something fits in a certain category. It's not Kanye's right to win an award. It's it's a, a privilege that someone decides to give to him. And if they think it doesn't fit in a category, then that's their prerogative to think that. But I know a lot of people that are very inspired by his music, and 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 um, some elements of it are very much relevant to the gospel world. All right, a couple more quick questions. What do you want the listeners to get out of this album? This is their first. Is this the first recorded studio album? This is my first major label studio album. I have one kind of old um, uh, independent studio demo I did back in 2000. And I did three live albums independently as well. But this is the first kind of major project I'm, I'm coming out with. And uh, what do I want them to get from it? I want them to love it. First of all, I want them to really hear it and, and think it's great music, a great songwriting, production, and all those things. And, uh, you know, I can't decide for people what they're going to think. All I can do is make it as good as I can. I want them to love it as much as I love it because I, I didn't put any songs in the album that I didn't love. And so hopefully other people love it as much as I do. Um, and um, and then um, I feel like it's a feel-good album as well. It's like a, generally speaking, it's a very uplifting, fun, um, and, and sometimes very kind of spiritual and inspirational album. And so I want people to feel good after um, the end of the day. And that's why I call it Get Lifted because I feel like that's what it's about. It's about feeling good. Uh, that's what this album is about. And I don't think music always is about uplifting you. Sometimes it's about kind of exploring the pain, and sometimes it's about exploring other things. But I think this album was intended to be a feel-good album, and that's what it is. And when can we expect the album to drop? So all the people out there, make sure to go out and get that. Please buy it. It's called Get Lifted, and it comes out October 26th. The single's already out now, Used to Love You. Hopefully you guys are playing it lots on your radio station. Uh, And um, we uh, also um, have the video out on BET and MTV. And it's getting a lot of burn on both of those stations. Call and request it. Um, and uh, request it on your uh, local radio stations, too. Um, and I just appreciate We're getting a lot of love. Go to johnlegend.com and check that out. We're getting a lot of love from fans all over the world. And uh, I think a lot of people are really anticipating this album. And I just hope you know it lives up to everybody's anticipation and expectation. All right. Now, one important question that's been going around, no November 2nd, very important date. Where you stand on that, and why do you feel that it's something important that young Americans between ages of 18 and 30, there's 20 million people that you're trying to get out to vote, and why would you encourage young people to go out and vote? Well, I think, well, first of all, 
I'll sit, talk about voting for a second. Um, I think it is critical for young people to vote, um, um, especially in states like Pennsylvania, um, not as much so in New Jersey, but um, every state is important, but even more so in states where it's very close and there's a lot at stake. Um, people in power, they get in power because you vote for them or and a combination of you voting for them or you donating money to them. And so the people they listen to are the people who either give them money or who are going to vote for them. So if you're doing neither of those things, then they're not listening to you at all, period. So think about it. And if you want people to listen to you, you've got to make your voice heard. So that's one thing. Secondly, um, uh, personally, I'm, I'm in favor of John Kerry and you know, against the Bush administration. Um, I think they've taken this country in the wrong direction on a number of things, foreign policy, economic policy, uh, social policy, like on a, a number of things. I feel like they do not represent my interests in the way I think they should. And, and I think if you look at it, if you think about what's important to you as a young person, um, is it important to you that our nation is, um, gives really um, big tax cuts to wealthy people, or is it important that there are enough resources for everyone to have health care, enough resources for um, education, and um, enough resources so that Social Security can be taken care of for a long time? Um, do you care about those things? If you do, I think right now we don't have an administration that thinks about the future very much. We have an administration that caters to its base, which is a lot of more elderly people, which is a lot more conservative people, um, socially conservative, and a lot of rich people. Those are the people that they care about the most. And the only reason they're going to care about you is if you actually make some noise at the voting booth and, um, and uh, make your concerns important to them. Um, and no administration is perfect. I know all of us get disenchanted with politics. And John Kerry is not perfect. The Democrats clearly are not perfect. But as far as I'm concerned, they come down more on the side that I come down on on a lot of issues, whether it comes to tax policy, foreign policy, social policy, on things like, you know, I think our government currently is obsessed with, you know, uh, irrelevant things that the government doesn't need to be focused on, like making sure their abstinence policy is taught in school, like, of all the things that we need to be spending money on in schools, abstinence policy is not the one. Um, and, and they take away money from safe sex um, you know, education. And basically saying, we're going to ignore the reality that kids are having sex, and we're going to just only teach them that abstinence is the only way and not introduce them to methods to keep themselves safe if they do choose to have sex. That's just stupid. Um, and just on a number of issues like that, they ignore reality. Um, whether it's um, you know Iraq, whether it's terrorism, like they they're so blinded by the blinded by their you know ideology that they ignore reality, and so I don't know. I've gone into a long rant about this, and uh, I do feel passionate about it, and I read a lot about it, and I care a lot about it. Um, you listen to my album, and you'll think I don't think about any of this stuff because I don't talk about it in the album on this album, but I do, and uh, I will use whatever influence and money or power that I gain from whatever I do to talk about and champion issues I believe in. All right. So, yeah, I told you there's much more to this guy than just music. All right. One last thing. Go ahead and plug the album again. Let everybody know where they can get information about tours and upcoming projects. And uh, we'll be uh, wrapped up with this. 
album's called Get Lifted, October 26th. It comes out. Find out all the information you need to know at johnlegend.com. We update it all the time. Uh, you can check out my video on, online. You can check out check it out on MTV and BET. Um, and you can see me coming to a town near you. I'm on tour with Kanye and Usher right now. And I go on my own tour starting in November, doing some college dates, um, doing some club dates around the country. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. I can't wait till you guys hear the album and buy it and come see the shows and everything. I think you'll find that we're doing something different and interesting and special, um, soulful, uh, real music. And uh, uh, if you loved, you know, what our team started with Kanye West College Dropout, I think you, you'll love this as well. And um, we're just going to keep giving y'all good music. If y'all keep buying it, we'll keep giving it to you. All right, that's John Legend. I thank you for your time. And uh, hopefully you go out and pick up that album. Make sure you go ahead and vote. And request the song on BET 106 and Park, MTV Jams, Direct Effect. We definitely got to get this song going. You hear it all the time on the station. It's a mix master B for John Legend. We're out. Yo, what up, Jersey? This is your boy, John Legend, on the Hot Zone on Real 91 with my man, Mixmaster B. Holla. <laughs>